have a word in my spirit that is burning in my spirit that the Lord gave me during the week. And um, I want to say to you this morning, God is very jealous about you. God is jealous about your heart. God is jealous about your time. And the Lord gave me a, a peculiar topic. And as I, as I named the topic this morning, and by the way, I see there's many people watching us by online. Uh, if you're watching us by online right now, I want to ask you to please uh, invite somebody to watch with us. Uh, tag somebody in, share the stream, get it out to other people. This word is going to save people's lives today. Um, if you are willing to hear it. I want to ask you as well, as I'm going to get into the word right now, take out a notepad, take out your phone, take out something, make notes when I speak. Because as I'm speaking, there's things that I'm saying. You might not need it today, but you're going to need it in the future. Are you there? The word of the Lord might not be needed for you right now in your circumstance, but it will most definitely come uh, in your future. And so take notes. Don't just come to church. Write down the word of the Lord. Are you there? Write it down. And so I want to, the title of my sermon this morning is very simple. God is jealous over what bit you. God is jealous over what bit you. And it might sound like a contradiction, but I want to share with you what I feel the Spirit of the Lord came to me with. It's in Acts chapter number 28, verse number 3. Um, the Bible says this, Paul gathered a pile of brushwood. And I, I want you just to understand before I maybe read more into the text or read the scripture for you. Paul has just survived a storm. He's just survived the sea. He is on his way to Caesarea. He's on his way to appear in front of Caesar because the word of the Lord said so. In other words, God gave a word to Paul and the word was you have to appear in front of Caesar. And right after that word came to Paul, all hell broke loose and Paul basically almost lost his life on his way to get to Caesarea or to get in front of Caesar. And so this scripture comes after he survived the storm, after he survived the shipwrecked, after he swam to the beach. And now we take up the story there. So in uh, Acts chapter number 28 and verse number 3, the Bible says the following. It says, Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat and or snake driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. And when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. Please note that. Verse number five. But Paul shook off, shook off the snake. Uh, Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. Verse number six. Howbeit they looked when they should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and so no, so, saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said, this must be a God. This must be a God or he must be a God. Then verse number eight. His father was, uh, and all of this is going to be connected. I'm going to uh, bring it together for you now. Verse number eight says, And his father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. And Paul went in to see him. And after prayer, played his hands on him and healed him. Verse number 10. Who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they laid at us of such things as were necessary. So what I want to speak to you about this morning is that I want us to understand here, what happens here is very simple. God has got a word out over Paul's life and he is given a promise. 
as he's given a promise for Paul, what happens to Paul? Paul gets bitten by a snake. But I want you to see something here. Paul shakes off the snake and then simply continues of his mission. And as I was uh, looking at this, the Lord gave me this sentence and I want you to, you can write this down. The Lord said this to me very, very simply. It, and I, and I want you just to write it down because it, it will help many of you this morning. God used what bit Paul to lift him. Let me say it again. God will use what has bitten you to lift you. In other words, God will use an event, God will use a circumstance, God will use a situation to lift you. Because the test becomes a testimony. The trial becomes a victory. Are, are you guys with me? So whatever has been allowed into your life is not there to take life uh, from you, but it's there to strengthen the testimony inside of you. Come on, are you, are you guys with me? And so as the Lord was speaking to me, the Lord said this to me, it might bite you and circumstances in life does this to us. It might bite you, but it may not become you. In other words, as the snake was biting Paul, I want you to see this, as the snake was biting Paul, the snake was trying to get poison into Paul, right? But there was a promise in Paul. The promise was you have to appear in front of Caesar. And I want you to see something here. The promise was stronger than this poison pending on the reaction of Paul. Because Paul could have succumbed to the poison or he could have had an attitude inside of him to shake off the attack. Are you guys okay? Are you with me? And I, and I want us to understand this. In other words, it might, be, it might bite you, but it may not become you. And then the Lord said this to me. Um, and I, and, I, and I want us to understand this, that I believe that Paul did not consider the bite because he considered the purpose. That the purpose that is inside of Paul was greater than the bite that was against Paul. Come on, are you, are you guys well? Let's just speak to you. And then I want, us, I want us to understand something. There's a huge difference between wishful thinking and biblical hope. I'll say it again. There's a huge difference in power church between wishful thinking and a biblical hope. The Bible describes hope as a joyful anticipation of something good. Can I say that again? The Bible describes hope as a joyful anticipation of something good. Wishful thinking says, I, I think it will happen this way or I wish it will work out that way. That's not hope. Because our faith is built on the substance of what we hope for. The evidence of things what we don't see. In other words, when I have a joyful anticipation of something that will work out for my good, that's called hope. Come on, are you there? We are not to be a people that have wishful thinking. We are a people that should be driven by hope. Because the God that we serve is not working on wishful thinking. He functions by hope, a joyful anticipation that we believe that this thing will work out for our good. We might not see it right now. We might not understand it right now. We might not be able to explain it right now. But we have a joyful anticipation inside of us that this God that we serve is a faithful God. He is a merciful God. He is a just God and He's always the same. Come on, are you there? We have to know that God does not shift because you shift. Yes. 
And as I was thinking about this, I want you to understand this. Real faith never denies the problem. Paul did not deny the existence of the snake. He shook it off. Real faith does not deny the problem. Because it's real. Come on guys. It's real. However, real faith denies the problem a place of influence. I'll say it again. We cannot have the spooky spiritual type of faith where we say things are not real. No, they're real. They happen. Life happens. But true faith says, I will not allow it a place of influence. And even if it's real, I have a joyful anticipation that this thing will work out for my good. Because I'm loved by God and I called according to His purpose. Come on, are you, are you there? As I was thinking about this, the Lord, the Lord spoke this to me. Uh, and He said this to me this morning. He said, to, uh, or yesterday morning. He said to me, can I trust your tongue in the midst of the trial and the test and the circumstance? I want to say that again. Can the Lord trust your tongue? Come on, it's getting too quiet here. Can the Lord trust your tongue? Can the Lord trust your tongue? Because Jesus is the ultimate example. Jesus is hanging on the cross and Jesus is not condemning those that are condemning Him. He has the right to, but He doesn't. He keeps His tongue. How does He keep His tongue? Very simple. You can only keep your tongue if your heart is pure. Because your tongue is connected to your heart. And often we find out what is in your heart when you go through a trial, where you go through a circumstance, where you go through an event, because you can't keep it. I want us to see something here. A pointing finger cannot be a receiving hand. I want to say that again. A pointing finger cannot be a receiving hand. And in, this, in the Scripture we see that these people, they make up their minds very quickly why Paul is getting bitten. They say this man must be a murderer. He must have done something wrong so that he is suffering what he is suffering. And then when it doesn't turn out the way that they think it's going to turn, turn out, they change their mind. They say, no, he's not, he's not a murderer. He's not a God. I want you to understand that people's opinion is very fickle and they change quickly. John 2.23 tells us this. John 6.53 tells us this. Come on, are you there? And I want us to understand this morning, again I say, can Jesus trust our tongue? Because when we go through trials, when we go through circumstances, when we go through events, what we often do, we point the finger at where we should keep the hand open to receive from. Come on, are you there? As people of God, we should have greater compassion. Come on guys, are anybody with me here this morning? Because this is the thing that I want you to understand. The Lord allows or permits, and I, I want you just to get this as well. Because if we, if we don't get this in the second service, I said it in the first, I want you to understand that it is not the Lord's, uh, it was not the Lord's purpose, or let me, let me reword myself. The snake was not on God's payroll. Are you there? The snake is not on God's payroll. It's very simple. The snake was 
a cause of an event. Listen to me, I'm, I'm, I'm helping you. The snake is not, is not caused by God. God does not, let me reword it, God does not send the snake. Hello? Because God does not need to, to harm you to teach you. So God does not, God does not send the snake. The snake is there uh, by whatever reason. However, I want you to understand something. That Paul has got a decision to make in the midst of the problem. He can believe in the poison or he can believe in the promise. He's got a choice. Are you there? But as soon as we describe evil to good and good to evil, we are at a very dangerous place. Because what we are doing, we are, say, we are saying evil is leading. Evil never leads. I cannot say because I was bitten, now my, this thing heals. The problem is often what happens to us is we go through circumstances, we go through trials, we go through pain, we go through events. And when we allow these things to lead us, I want to tell you this morning, these things cannot lead us to the Spirit of God must. And even though we do go through hard things, this is the promise of God. God says, I make all of these things work together for your good because you are called by me and I love you. So the theology must remain, God is good. Are you there? Are you really there this morning? I want, to, I want you to understand things that we go through in life, events that happens to us is not you. You are not what has happened to you. Oh, let me say it like this. I, I want to get your attention because if I can, I feel, I want you to understand. These people are saying that this is a murderer. That's why this is happening. They are trying to ascribe to Paul his circumstance. They want to say to him, no, you are, you are, you are suffering this because you are. And quite frankly, he's not suffering it because he is or he was a murderer. There's actually no reason why he's bitten except that he was trying to put brushwood together and there was a snake there. The snake is not even, I, I, I think we read too much into it if we say even it was sent by Satan. Are you guys with me? The point is sometimes in life things happen to us and things comes into our lives that we don't have control over. I'll say it again. Because we need to correct Christianity. I want to help us this morning. Sometimes things come into our lives that we do not have control over. But you do have control how you respond. You can choose to respond right. And what the Lord has said to me is very simple is this, is that if we don't choose to respond right, we will park our lives. We will stop living at that place or that incident. The things that happen to us is often designed to make us stop living. Come on church. I'm going to make you stand and shout here just now. I want to say again for you, please see the revelation. You, you have to see this. A pointing finger cannot be a receiving hand. But then I want to, I want to take you deeper. Please see this. Now we, now we see here, but 
Um, but Paul's hand gets bitten, right? And later on, and I just read the scripture for you, Paul's hand gets bitten and then later on in the scripture, the Bible says Paul lays his hands on Publius, which is the chief, by the way, of, of the village. And Publius gets healed by the hand that was bitten. The same hand that was bitten is the same hand that heals. Oh no, you don't understand what I just said. The same hand that gets bitten becomes the hand that heals. In other words, often the place that we get the attack at is the place that we get the testimony from. Because the place that you get the testimony from is where you can heal others. Oh, come on, are you, are you there? Are you with me? Paul uses the very same hand that is bitten is used by the Lord to produce healing. His hand is bitten. He responds right. The Lord helps him. The poison never enters him. And that same hand that gets bitten becomes the hand that heals. I want you to see something here. If Paul was not bitten by that snake, he would have never ended up in that village. And verse number 10, listen to the scripture. It would have never happened. I want you to see here. Who also honored us of many honors, and when they departed, laid at us of many such things as were necessary. In other words, if Paul's hand was never bitten, he would have never, he would have never ended up in the village. He would have never ended up with Publius. And he would have never been under so much gifts because the story doesn't just end here. You can read the story on in Acts chapter number 28. The story goes on where the villagers, they supply so much finances and honor Paul to such a deep extent that Paul has got enough finances to buy a house in Rome and to be set up for the rest of his life in ministry. What am I saying to you? It goes right back. When, when, the, when the storm got caused, when Paul was in the storm, he could have never thought that the storm would lead to the ultimate breakthrough of setting him up for the rest of his life. Why? He was in the storm. And in the storm, he didn't have the insight of how this is going to finish. In the storm, he just had the ability to swim. When he fell into the sea, he still couldn't see that he's going to end on the beach. He just had a word from the Lord. Paul, none of these men will perish around you because an angel of the Lord appeared to him. We're going to make it to the beach. That's all that he had in that moment. We're going to make it to the beach. And he got to the beach. Then when he was at the beach, he just knew he was cold. He wanted to build a fire. And so he built a fire. He never knew that a snake was going to come out of that fire. He was just doing what he was doing at that moment. And God produced the next thing. Then Paul got bitten. Then Paul went to Publius's house. Then Paul caused revival in the city. Then the city gave him money and that money was used to buy him a house in Rome and set him up for his whole ministry. What am I saying to you? Nowhere along the line could Paul understand everything. What he did was he had faith in the moment and he had faith as he had faith in the moment. He had the joyful anticipation that I just need to work out this moment. We often want to use the moment and take it all the way to the end. And it's not necessary. Win the moment. Come on church, are you there? Win the moment. It's what's necessary. Win the moment. 
win your heart, win the moment. The problem is we often want to, we want to define the moment. We want, to, we want to make it final and it's not final nor fatal. I want to say this to you. You are not your own end. Failure is never the end. I'll say it again. Failure is never the end. We have, and I want to correct it as well. In 2023, people are, are speaking sometimes things that are unbiblical. Like for example, a Christian must follow his heart. Jesus never says follow your heart. Secondly, Jesus never says follow your own truth. Jesus never says if you're happy, everything is happy. Never. Jesus never says these things. Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, Mark, Matthew 16, take up your cross, crucify yourself, and come and follow me. And if you love your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my name's sake, you're going to find it. Please note that true Christianity looks like a cross, a grave, and a victory. True Christianity does not make you feel good all the time. It is fake if we say that. Come on guys, are you there? We are teaching, listen, if, I, if we teach you that following Jesus is going to lead to just an, an awesome time on this side of life, we're lying to you. We need to teach you how to have joyful anticipation in all things. Because that's true Christianity. It is a hope that I don't see it, yet I believe it. It is a joyful anticipation that if I don't see God's hand, I can trust His character. I'll say it again. If I don't see His hand, I can trust His character. His character is good, His character is merciful, and His character is consistent with His Word. He does not change because I change. He does not shift because I shift. He is the same. He is God. Come on, guys. Are you with me? Give Jesus just 10 seconds of praise, please. I want us to get this. What the enemy was trying to do, and I want you to see here, is this. The enemy tried to override the vessel with poison. He's trying to put poison in. And the Lord said this to me yesterday. He says, Satan might not be able to bite you, but he can plant a thought in you. So he places a thought in you. Ah, oh, but this might be because. I want to say to you this morning, God wants to redeem you. God wants to help us and God wants to redeem the shame, redeem the pain, redeem the circumstance, redeem the tears that has been sowed in sorrow. And God is a redeemer. My redeemer loves Come on, are you there? If we allow, I'll say it again. If we allow our situations to become a voice to us, then we are allowing the circumstance to become the leader. Your pain cannot lead you. Your shame cannot lead you. Accusation cannot lead you. Your circumstance cannot lead you. Jesus wants to lead you. Come on, I, I want you to understand that this morning. 
I want us to get it. And I'll say it again. A pointing finger cannot be a healing hand. But God will use what has bit you to lift you. And that is why God is jealous about what bites you. I'll say it again. He is jealous about what bites you. He's jealous about how you respond. He's jealous about how you respond in worship and thanksgiving. How are you responding? In all things give thanks. That's a very hard scripture. In everything give thanks. It seems, it seems unreasonable. Unless he believes that you are not your own strength. He is. In everything give thanks to the glory of God. And I, as I was looking at this, the Lord said this to me. He said to me, I want you to see here. And I, again, I'll say this. There's a connection between being harmed and the healing. Paul was harmed, but that harmed caused healing. Come on guys, are you there? Let me use an example. I don't know what you've gone through in your life, but what I can tell you this, is if you come out on top, it will become a healing balm for many. But you have to steward your heart. And you cannot be led by your heart. You must be led by, your, by the Spirit. You must be led by the Holy Spirit. Are, are you guys there? Are you with me? And the Lord said to me this morning, and, and I want to throw this at you that you can understand it and receive it into your spirit this morning. The Lord said to me, He gave me, he gave me an example and it, and it might speak to your heart. I, I pray it does. If you understand, and Lord, you know, by the way, when Jesus speaks to you, God does not speak to you in a way that you don't understand. God does not make things super spiritual so that you don't get it. Things don't need to be mystical to be spiritual. Everything He tells us, He makes it plain so that we can actually follow it. My sheep hear my voice. Anything that is mystical, you must already challenge that. You must already say, why is this thing mystical? Because if God knows He's working with children, why will He want to make Himself mystical? I understand we serve a God that is a creator God, but however, we, have to, we don't need to be mystical to be spiritual. That's nonsense. Come on, are you there? Anything that is exclusive, I want to almost tell you it's not God. Because God said, for whosoever receives my word. So God's thinking is, I want the world. God's thinking is never I want a selective group of people that are clever enough and super spiritual enough to get this. No, God says I want all types of people. And so I need to package this message in a way that all people will get it. So anything that makes salvation out of your reach is not God. I'll say it again. Anything that makes salvation very intellectual and you have to fulfill all of this stuff, it's not God. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be heard. Jesus hears. He's not deaf. You don't need to prove to Him to hear. And you don't need to prove to Him to respond. He's already convinced. He came before you needed Him. Because the Son of God was crucified before the foundation of the earth. The solution was there before the problem was there. Come on guys, do we understand what type of God do we serve? We serve the God that brings a solution before the problem even exists. 
There's not one person, please listen to me, there's not one person in your whole New Testament that Jesus sent away. Not one. There's not one that came to Him with a need that He sent away without an answer. Everybody that came to Him, He answered. Come on, are you guys good? Are you well? And so as I was looking at this, the Lord spoke to me very, very clearly. The Lord said to me, it's like, I want you to understand. Tell your people I want to redeem them. Tell them I want to redeem time for them. Tell them I want to redeem situation for them. Tell them I want to redeem circumstances for them. Tell them. But they have to believe me. And then the Lord gave me an example. In, in, in gym, for example, I want you just to understand. Because, and I, I want you to understand this because, so that we can invite people into uh, into our stories in, in when, you, when you exercise when you jump and, and it depends on of course on what type of exercise but the Lord used an exercise with me to explain something to me in, in gym you get an exercise uh, called the bench press and I hope you understand what bench press is bench press literally means you need to push your weight from, from your chest and it exercises your chest and when you understand exercise you'll understand that you have to take your muscle beyond a place of failure so that it can grow maximally, right? So there's called something that is called a failed rep or failed reps. And a failed rep is normally when you can go about eight, eight reps and you're at your maximum weight and you need a spotter to come with you and that spotter is with you for the last two reps. They are there to prevent injury. And they are there so that you can become stronger and you can finish in form. So rep number nine, you are 60% there and then you start to shake because you can't take yourself to the end. You need somebody that can come and lift the weight so that you can finish. Come on, are you there? Injury happens when you can't finish the rep in form because you've not allowed somebody to lift the weight. Are you with me? Come on, guys. Because as you push the weight and you don't allow others to help, what happens is this. You will need to compromise other parts of your body and use it to finish what you've started. And normally what happens in exercise, and I'll use this as an anomaly because you'll understand this. I'll, I'll use it as an example. Normally, if you are a seasoned uh, person that exercises for long, you would understand this about exercise. The people that don't understand it, they go to a point of failure and they're the guys that looks like foolish because they allow the bar to run on their chest. And then they can't get out. And so the only way that they can get out is to throw the weight to the left and the weight to the right. And everybody looks at them and say, what are you doing? Why did you not ask for help? Are you guys with me? In Christianity, we will go through circumstances and life where we need to be more open to allow other people into our lives to come and help pick up the weight so that you can finish in form. That is why nobody that is sitting here, including myself, are called into individuality. We are called into community. That is why discipleship is not 
a choice, it is a command. Come on, are you there? Nobody here can finish work by themselves. You need people. Let me take it a step deeper. That is why the Bible says, cast your burdens upon the Lord, for He cares for you. Cast your burdens unto Jesus, for He cares for you. You should not carry a burden that He should carry. You should cast it on the Lord. And as I was looking at this, this is what the Spirit of the Lord said to me. I didn't change that tune. The Lord said this to me. The Lord said to me, failure in life is an event, but I stay your identity. We cannot question His goodness because we don't get our answers. I'll say it again. We cannot question His goodness because we don't get the answer. Come on church, are you there? We need to teach the Christianity that is riddled with success and failure equally. Because if we just teach people all the success, we are raising a people that don't know how to treat failure. Come on, are you there? I'll say it again. If you don't allow people to see your failures, how can people celebrate success? Come on, are you guys good? You know what we have learned? I want to I I rip off the bandage. We have learned that we need to be perfect to be accepted. It's true what I'm saying. And I'm telling you this morning, you don't need to be perfect to be accepted. You are accepted. Just be. It throws off all the rules and the regulations. You are accepted before. Jesus was accepted as a son before He did a miracle. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the devil comes very quickly. He rips out the word beloved. He just puts in the word if. If you are. I want to say to you this morning, throw off the ifs, throw off the whys, and say, I have a joyful anticipation. Let me say it again. I have a joyful anticipation. What is a joyful anticipation? I have got hope. Come on, guys, are you there? Let me use an example. And by the way, the guys that are on the healing line, you can, you can guys can call that line. I forgot. Uh, please call that line. Anybody that need healing, please call that line. Um, and there'll be somebody there for you to pray for you. I want to use an example, a story, and then I, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. Because I, I want us to get it this morning. And I want us to understand it this morning. That, and, and maybe I can use an example. Daniel never asked for God to remove the lions. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego didn't even know the fourth man will appear. Come on, are you there? Yet God showed up. Are you, are you okay? We, didn't, we don't know when the fourth man showed up. We just know He showed up. 
And by the way, before he shows up, the fire gets seven times hotter. It doesn't get cooler, it gets hotter before he shows up. So what we, what we see is we see a joyful anticipation without a timeline. Because they say, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego says these words, they say, we, will, we refuse to bow our knee. And even if this God of ours does not save us, we refuse. And God says, I can work of that faith. And He shows up. Come on church, are you, are you there? Let me, let me get this across to you. Recently, um, my, my seven-year-old, she, it was her birthday. And you know children, children house, they've got this long list of stuff that they want. And um, you know, they made a list. And normally when, when, it's the, when it's her birthday, she plans like a month or two in advance. So anybody with me can relate. And, and she was planning and, and thinking. And, and so she wanted to have a, she wanted to have a dollhouse. Um, that's what this plan, that was what she wanted for her birthday. So I got the dollhouse earlier in the week. And on the, on the Thursday, and by the way, I, I, I looked for the dollhouse. It's not just that you can find it. Anyway, it's part of my counseling myself on the stage. Um, I looked for it, I found it. And then, but I bought it earlier, and the, earlier in the week and the, and the birthday was the Saturday. And so, or the birthday party was, was, the, was the Saturday and the actual birthday was a Sunday. And so the Thursday evening, the Lord speaks to me and the Lord says this to me, he says, give her the dollhouse. Now I've, I've, hide it, I've hidden it in my car and you know, drive around of it and et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I give her the dollhouse on the Thursday. And she's of course very happy, she's joyful, she's like awesome, my dad got me what I wanted. He's amazing, it's awesome. And here comes the question. But if I get this on Thursday, Saturday is coming. What is gonna, what am I gonna get Saturday? Because she has a mentality that something greater can happen. I'm here to tell you this morning that your Thursday looked like the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you this morning, it might have happened one way, but Saturday is coming for you. And God will do this exceedingly, abundantly, above. More than what you can ask, think or imagine. He is not a man that He can lie. He is God and His Word is true. And so you have to ask the question, what happened Saturday? <laughs> Saturday, better showed up. Yes. Because I needed to outdo Thursday. And you can say, ah, oh, but why? You can never spoil a child of love. You spoil a child by not disciplining them. God can never give you enough of His goodness. His goodness shall follow you 
all the days of your life as I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, come on, church. I'm sorry, but you are favored by God and it's settled by heaven and it's paid for by the cross. If you are favored, you are favored and there's nothing you can do about it. You can say, I'm going to go through a deep valley. I understand. Valley's calm. That's why we have to have joyful anticipation. And that's why we have to have a real Christianity. May I be as bold as to say this? I think we will heal a lot of people more if the church becomes greater compassionate. And I say that with a lot of love. Think about it. Yes, it's a couple of thousand people, right? Now, okay, think of me. A couple of hundred people online. Think of me. If all of you become comforters and compassionate to hurting people. Do you understand how much healing do we carry? You get what I'm saying? We will fix so many issues if we can just hug people and love people. But the problem is we, have, we point fingers because we've learned to point a finger makes us feel better about ourselves. Because we believe perfection is what He wants. It's not what He wants. He wants your surrendered heart. I'll tell you a last story. It will help. The Holy Spirit says I must. <laughs> I went through something a while ago. You know, I'm telling you this stuff because I want you to follow a real person can't follow somebody that doesn't know what, that haven't gone through things. Can't follow. So I'm telling you sometimes stuff, not because so, I'm telling you so that you can follow a leader that has gone through things. And I'm still leading. So you must follow a real person. Never follow a person that says to you, everything is going to be perfect. They're lying. You have a God that is perfect. And you have you that needs Him. I remember a day and a time, and I, and I want to pray for you this morning. We're gonna, we, I'm gonna prophesy over you because I believe the Lord says I'm gonna redeem. To, I remember a day and a time. I said to the Lord, "Where are you?" Went through a circumstance in my life. Where were you? Was the question. Where were you, Lord? I feel alone. Where are you? Where were you, Jesus? Where were you? Where were you in this? And the Lord answered me after, I asked Him that for about six months. One morning I said, where were you? And He suddenly answered me. He said, present. And I was shocked of His response. He said, I was right there, let me show you. He took me into a vision. He took me right to the incident. He says, you see, I'm right next to you. But you were blinded by you. You didn't see me. And you didn't ask for me. So I couldn't help. I needed to wait until you refocus on me. Then I could help you. Church, be quick to refocus on the Lord. Be quick to ask Him for help. You can't do life alone. You need a Savior. His name is Jesus.
Come on, give him some praise this morning. Come on. And I pray this morning, before I ask you to stand, and then I just want to give one or two prophetic words. I pray this morning that you will be humble enough to be like Jesus and invite Peter and James and John in and say, listen, my father is about to press me in the garden. It's about to break me, but I'm, gonna, I'm asking you, come. Come and pray with me. May we be humble enough to say we need help. May you be humble enough to say, I need a spotter. May humility come upon you and say, I need help. And you'll be surprised how many people come to your aid. And you'll be surprised how quickly heaven answers you. Because you have understood, I'm not the answer. And I don't need to figure it out. I can just have something called trust. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways. And He shall. Not He can, He shall. Direct all of your paths. But it starts with trust. Thursday was good. But Saturday is coming. Come on church, are you there? So before I prophesy, I just have one or two people. I want us just to stand. I want to, I want to ask the Lord as He woke me up this morning with this. Do you believe that God can redeem time? Yes. The Bible says that in Ecclesiastes 3.1. It says God owns the seasons and the time. And He can redeem them. And so I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. I want, us, I want to ask the Lord to do this for you. It is only God that can do this. But He can. Father, I want to pray this morning in the precious name of Jesus. Father, I want to thank you that right in this moment, Lord, over people's lives, over their stories, over their incidents, over their circumstances, Lord, that in this day, Father, we want to call, redeem the time. Lord, redeem the moment, redeem the situation, redeem the circumstance. Lord, be the God that is present. Father, thank you that this morning, Lord, I stand here by your authority. I stand here by the word of the Lord. Lord, I stand here with a sure confidence that you are the one that can redeem time. Lord, I want to pray in this morning, let your redemptive power come upon people's lives. Let your redemptive power come over situations. Let your redemptive power walk into situations in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray in this morning that people will step into that redemptive healing virtue of Jesus Christ. Father, I want to ask you that in this day, Lord, that you redeem time, that you redeem situations, that you redeem circumstances. Father, I want to pray in this morning that you redeem the the incident, Lord. Redeem the tears. Redeem it in this day. In Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I want to pray for your people this morning, Lord, on this beautiful winter's day. Father, I want to pray that redemptive power come into this situation. And that you'll cause redemption in this day. In Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe that, I want you just to say amen and amen and amen and amen. Come on, let's just praise Jesus just for 10 seconds. You can be seated just for a moment. Come on, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Come on, let's just give him just praise again, just for 10 seconds. I, 
Sir, I just have a word for you. Why don't you just come to me, please? No, not you. This, sorry, sir. There's someone behind you. My apologies. You just come here. Church, can I ask you just to pray? Everybody? Come on, there we are. Can you pray in the Spirit? Come on, we are. Come on, just pray. Come on, just pray. Just pray. Everybody, come and pray in your tongues. Um, just turn to me. I, I felt the Lord say to me, don't you just turn to me completely like this. Um, as I looked at you, I, I, I saw the hand of the Lord. And I, and I want to pray for you today because I felt like the Lord said to me that the enemy is trying to rob your life. Um, and as I looked at you, I, I saw the spirit of death standing with you. And I want to pray for you today because I feel the Lord says, I want to heal you help you maybe you can just get the chair. um and i i want to pray for you today because i believe the lord wants to bring redemptive power redemptive power to you need that this body needs it right i don't know exactly what's going on but i, I can see healing that god wants to bring to you and i see how the lord wants to touch you fresh and anew just okay cardiac arrest and arrest from November last year okay I want to pray this day that the Lord does a miracle for you because I want to trust Jesus to come upon your body church can I just ask everybody to stretch out your hand please I want to trust the Lord that the Lord will just and I want to be gentle with you because I, I can see your body needs it. I feel the Lord says that he wants to help he wants to assist you um, and he wants to not just assist you, but that, that the Lord is, He knows about you. He knows about your situation, knows about the circumstance. And as I looked at you there, as I looked at you there, I felt the Lord say to me, this is not how this story is going to end. So however, however the Lord, however the enemy has done this, I want to pray today that the Lord will reverse this. That we can pray for your heart, we can pray for your body, that Jesus will touch you. Pray, Father, I want to pray in this day, Lord. Thank you, Father, I can pray over this man in this day, Lord Jesus. Father, I want to pray for your healing power to come through this body in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I want to thank you that in this moment, Lord, that you heal him. Father, I want to pray in this moment, Lord, even as I see his heart. Father, I want to speak to this heart in this day in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I want to pray right now in the power of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Father, I want to pray, Lord, that supernatural resurrective power floods into this body afresh and anew. And Father, I want to pray that in this state, Lord, thank you that we can stand against the word and the decree and the bad report. And Father, we can believe by faith in this state that it's you that heals, it's you that restores, and it's you that brings life in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I want to pray that in this day, just for life to come in afresh and anew in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I want to pray that virtue flows into this body afresh and anew. And Father, this demonic trend where the enemy has tried to steal life, Father, in this morning we break the pattern 
we break the mold we break the attack on the heart we break the attack on the body and father we speak healing virtue into this body in this day in jesus christ's name and father i just want to pray that your healing virtue comes into him in this day in jesus powerful name we pray we thank you lord we thank you, Lord Jesus. Just stand up here. Just thank you. Thank you. Are you a family? The three of you, are you a family? Not a family? Hey? Are you guys a family or not a family? Okay, but working together. Right? Are you husband, wife? When you come here to me? Church, can we just pray? Come on, don't be spectators, be participators. I pray that, that healing will be your virtue. And that even as you walk today, that as you leave this place today, that Jesus will heal completely every fiber of your being. That your whole body will be whole. Your spirit, your soul, and your body will be healed in Jesus' name. for you that I feel the Lord is going to start a brand new season for the two of you just a new season as I as I looked at you there and I was busy prophesying I uh, or praying I, I felt the Lord say to me a new season is coming season of fresh joy Jesus is going to bring fresh joy fresh life fresh peace is going to happen quickly it's going to happen quickly there's a lot of tears there's a lot of seed there's a lot of a lot of things that you've done for the Lord and it's almost like if I see a place of frustration, there's a moment and a time of great frustration. Like, Lord, when is it going to happen? When is the breakthrough going to come? When? There's a lot of whens. And I, and I feel the Lord says to me, this next season of your life, how old are you now? 63. The reason why 6 plus 3 is 9. 9 is the number of the Holy Spirit. I, I see a fresh wine coming over your life. The Lord's going to do something fresh. You're innocent in your heart. There's many things that people have blamed you. They've pointed fingers at you, saying, but you're guilty because of this and you're guilty because of that, and started to limit you. Many people, even close to you, words of accusation, words of condemnation. And I just feel that how the Lord is saying, all of these I'm going to break. I'm going to break the potential of words of death and accusation spoken over you. I'm going to take it away from you. I'm going to give you life. And life abundantly. You have to watch God for the next season of your life. I hear the Lord say to me, this next season is going to be supernatural. God's going to come into your life. You have more than one child. I see a daughter, son. I see the hand of the Lord coming upon them very, very strongly. And I see how the Lord's going to shift with them quickly. There was great frustration, limitations placed upon them. Um, almost like they didn't get fully ahead like they needed to. That's going to shift. God's going to shift them quickly. And I hear the Lord say to me, well done. You did well. You kept on trusting God. You kept on believing in the Lord. And now God's going to do a fresh thing for you. He's going to baptize you in His Spirit. And you're going to overflow from this day forward. There's a new season that's now upon you. A season of fresh life. Uh, and even for you, I see how you had a mom that prayed. 
mom that was faithful towards the Lord. The Lord does not forget. Jesus, the Father, does not forget the prayers of the saints. And so I want to say to you from this moment, I'm going to lay hands on you now. There's a new season that's upon you. A fresh season, a fresh time, a fresh moment. Will not be, you will not need to be concerned for the next season of your life. God's going to work this thing out for your good. Watch November. November will be a month that will turn very quickly. As you go into 2024, you will see acceleration coming upon your life. But Jesus' hand is very, very strong upon you. And the reason why I pick you out is because I feel that the Lord is saying to me, a seasonal change is upon you. The season will shift. Because God's with you. I want you to just raise your hands. Father, I want to pray in this day in the name of Jesus. I want to thank you, Father, for fresh life to come upon them. I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that you'll baptize them afresh in your spirit in this day. Father, breathe upon them the breath of life. Lord, that they may know, that they will understand. Father, I want to pray in this moment, Lord, in this day. Father, Lord, touch them in this day in a fresh way. <sighs> Lord, fill them with everlasting life. Fill them with the breath of life. Fill them, Father, in a new way, in a new capacity in this day. And Lord Jesus, that from this moment, that they'll move with you in a new, into a new time, into a new moment like no other time before. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen, amen and Amen. Come on, let's just give Jesus a pra praise offering. Oh, come on, can we just use like 30 seconds and just praise Him well? Do you believe this morning, as I said to you, we, there's so much I want to do this morning. I, I believe that the Lord wants to shift us, church. Come on, God wants to shift you, wants to move with you afresh and anew. Do we believe this? Do we trust God for it? Uh, Danny, I want you quickly come here with your wife, please. Um, I just want to give one more word and then we're just going to pray quickly. Come on, church, pray. Come on, pray with me. I, I taught you how to pray. I don't want us just to sit. We, want to, we must be participators in other people's breakthrough. Come on, are you there? Let's be participators in other people's breakthrough. Yes, Lord, are you? Um, I, 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 as you sat there, I found the Lord say to me that fresh favor is going to come. And I saw business just again for you. And I... And I there's two, there's two sides of it for me. On the one side, I heard the Lord say a word of caution. Uh, be careful who you associate with. Because people are going to take you where you don't want to go. And then as I looked at that one side, the Lord took me to the other side. The Lord said, I will bring association. God's going to bring people to you that will not add sorrow. Because when God adds, He doesn't add sorrow simultaneously. He just adds joy. Um, and as I looked at you, I felt the Lord say to me, I must pray for you for wisdom. That you'll have the understanding and the wisdom to know the difference between what is for you and what is not for you. Proverbs 1 makes it very clear. The Bible says, ask me for wisdom. Ask me for understanding. Wear it like a necklace. So I'm going to pray that for you because it is sure that the Lord wants to advance you. It's sure that the Lord's hand is upon you as a family. And God wants to increase you. But He wants to do it by the right associations. Not the wrong ones, the right ones. Are you there? So Father, I want to pray for Daniel this morning, Lord, in the name of Jesus the Christ. Father, I want to pray for the right associations to come into his life, into his family's life, in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I want to thank you that in this morning, in this day, Lord, I want to break off all alternative voices that is not from you in this day, in Jesus' name. 
And Father, I want to thank you that right now, Father, that wisdom comes upon him, afresh and anew. And Father, I want to thank you, Lord, even upon his wife, that you'll be protected and hedged in right about to the left and to the right, all round about, that they're hedged in by the blood of the Lamb. And Father, I want to pray over them that the favor of the Lord will rest upon them afresh and anew, that the favor of the Lord will come upon them afresh and anew in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I want to pray in this day that as your strength comes upon them, that wisdom will be a friend to them, that understanding will be a friend to their household in Jesus' name. And Lord, may they know that you are with them. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen and Amen. Bless you. Amen and Amen. Come on, can we just give Jesus just five seconds of praise. There we are. Just want to do two things. I, Cornelius, I want you and um, just come. You and Arena. I just want to pray with you. I have felt while we were worshiping, um, as we were worshiping, I felt the Lord say to me, just this word as I was looking at you, the Lord said to me, reconciliation. God's going to bring reconciliation. It's going to happen quickly. God's going to do it supernaturally. And I found the Lord say to me that, I must say to you, over your, whole, over your family, you guys specifically and your children, just reconciliation. God is going to reconcile things. I saw the children, I saw the children's children, I saw everybody and I saw laughter. And I heard the Lord say to me again, tell them, reconciliation, reconciliation. And then I saw, I saw the Lord, I saw the Lord standing with you. And I, and I felt the Lord say to me that, and I know this has been a prayer and I know your situation, so that's why I don't want to mix anything weird in it. I felt the Lord say, I'm, I'm aware, I'm aware, I'm very aware, I'm very aware. God is not blind that He's not aware. He's very, very aware. Very aware of you. And I felt you needed to hear that this morning. Because I saw Jesus standing with you. And He says, tell her, I'm aware of her. She's not alone. Not alone in the nights. Not alone in the day. Not alone. I'm aware. And I felt in my, in my heart, like the Lord's almost, like there's a, there's a suddenly, there's a surprise that God has for you. Just like the, 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 um, the, the, can I say it? No, it's the best way to say it. A, sacrifice, a, a surprise. It's a farasa. Like like just like a, a surprise. Like a good dad that wants to surprise his kids. That's what I have felt Jesus say. But I felt the Lord say to me very importantly, I'm aware of her. I'm aware of her. And I want to pray for you for this reconciliation. God's going to knit this thing together divinely so. Don't need to worry about it. Don't need to be concerned about it. Jesus is going to put family together. Sons and daughters and grandchildren, everybody will be together and will be quickly and suddenly. The enemy will not be able to strike um, at the heart of this relationship with the kids. Jesus will reconcile everything. I see the Lord increasing. Even Cornelius, you must, you must expect the surprises of God. You're well-pleasing before the Lord. The Lord looks at your heart. It's well-pleasing before the Lord because you've chosen the lowest road. You've chosen servitude. Jesus doesn't miss these things. But He's with you as a family. I want you to know. Father, I want to pray in this morning and this day in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I want to thank you that your hand is upon, Lord, them. And Father, in this day, I thank you, Jesus, Lord, that you are aware. And Father, I want to pray reconciliation in this day in Jesus' mighty name. 
Father, I want to thank you that reconciliation happens in this moment. Father, I thank you, Lord, as you, you showed me. Lord, I want to pray that in this moment, right now, the divine reconciliation occurs. Father, the king's heart is like wax in your hand. And so, Jesus, we trust you in this day that reconciliation takes place right now. Father, we ask that what is in heaven to be true, to become a reality upon earth. Father, we thank you that we can bind what is not according to this on earth to come in alignment with what is in heaven. And we thank you, Lord, that heaven and earth now agrees upon this matter of reconciliation in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you that as two or more agree upon this, it shall be done by our Father which art in heaven. And Father, we agree upon this in this day in Jesus' name. And Lord, we bless them as a family of fresh and new. I bless this body. I bless strength over her. Father, I want to pray even over Cornelius, divine strength to come in this day. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, let's just give Jesus just help them. I want us as a church this morning, before I hand over and we're going to give and all of that, um, just to take a moment and pray. Is that okay? Come on, are we family? Come on, it's 10 to 12. It's okay. Uh, we have enough time. We have the Sunday. Come on, that was, uh, that was a joke. I don't know if you were. People were not too sure about that. I told you this morning, I said to you that this whole body of Christ carries healing. We as a body, we carry great healing. Um, and we've been called into community. Right? Are you with me? And we're going to go a long way together if we become greater healers. And we become people that apply our faith together. Come on, guys. Are you there? And so this morning, I just want us to agree by faith on a situation. So won't you just stand, everybody, with me? Also, Eric, won't you come? I saw... If I can ask the moms to come, I saw them as well. Won't you come with your moms, please? Both moms. Bring the kids, bring everybody. Must I come there? <laughs> okay. I want us just to pray together. Won't you hold uh, the hand next to you quickly? Come on. Everybody, won't you just hold hands? See how it comes. Come be a night. Come with you. I want us to agree this morning. I want us to pray together for Pastor Cornet this morning. And uh, because we're a family, right? Amen. Bible says when one part of the body is hurt, all of us feel it. One part of the body rejoices, all of us rejoice. So I want us, we're a couple of, we're enough people here together. And I want us just to pray and agree together. Can we do so? Come on, can you do so? I want you just to, as you, are you holding hands, everybody? Father, we thank you that in this day, Lord, I can pray, Lord, with Pastor Eric, Lord, again. Father, I want to agree in this day, Lord, for Pastor Cornelius' health in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you that you are the healer. We thank you that your word is sure, that your word does come to pass. And Lord, that you're not a man that you can lie. And so, Father, we trust in you with all of our hearts. We lean not unto our own understanding. We acknowledge you in all of our ways. Please direct our path. Father, and I pray over Pastor Eric this morning. I want to pray over Veronique this morning, Lord. 
want to pray over Marna this morning, Lord. want to pray over Bianay this morning. want to pray over Tani Aniki this morning, Father, for mercy, grace, and compassion. In Jesus' name, and I include Ruolt as well. And Father, I want to pray over them as a family. We as a family this morning. Father, we agree as one. Father, we thank you that we can pray together in Jesus' name concerning this matter as a body of Christ to trust you, Lord. I want you there we are, church. Why don't you just pray with me just in the spirit for 30 seconds? Come on, church, pray with me. Father, we agree this morning, Lord, by faith in the name of Jesus, and we receive the healing by faith in this morning, in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray in this morning as a body, Father, that from the left and to the right, to the front and to the back, Lord, that we can hedge in the Van Rain family and the Kotze family and the Mayer family in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, we want to pray, Lord, remember us. Remember your daughter, Corneille. And Father, I thank you for healing power to flow into her body in this day, in this moment, as we, the church, agree as one in Jesus' name. Father, I want to pray over Pastor Eric, strength into his body, strength into his soul, strength into his spirit, strength into his man. Father, I want to pray over his kids, over his moms, Lord, strength in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, we thank you that we can agree with this, Lord, in this day, in Jesus' name. And Father, we receive the heaven's report concerning this matter, and we trust you with all of our heart, with all of our heart, and we lean not onto our own understanding in this day, in Jesus' mighty name. I want you to pray with me, church. Say, Father, we thank you that you are the healer in Jesus' mighty name. We receive the healing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's just give Jesus some praise this morning. Come on, church, there we are this morning. I want us just to give Jesus some praise, just 10 seconds of praise. Come on. Amen and amen. Before you take your seats and Pastor Stephen comes, um, I want to encourage you today that Jesus is the Redeemer. He doesn't want to, He is. Save me, He is the Redeemer. Then just two things from my side. One, I want to encourage you this week is our last week of school holidays. And so I uh, will see you, of course, on Tuesday morning for prayer. But the following week, we will get together as a church and all of the churches will pray. Cape Town will pray with us. Durban will pray. Pretoria will pray. So please come and pray. Then I want to say to the ladies, ladies, register and register today. 
there's like 40 spots or something like that left uh, don't wait do it tell your husband uh, the pastor says do it so do it are you there uh, swipe his card like you don't care just do it are you there and go and register don't miss this lastly I want to say to all the business people um, that are here please remember the kingdom business CEO uh, that we are working with every Monday night don't forget that amen before I hand over I want you just to hand, lift your hands to the Lord everybody do you believe Jesus do you believe he's good Okay, let's trust this God that we serve. Father, I want to pray for your people this morning. Thank you, Jesus, that Lord, we could have spoken this word out this morning, trusting you with all of our hearts. And Father, we believe in this day that redemptive power comes into every situation in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you that you are not just the healer, you're the redeemer. You're not just the redeemer, you're the one that recovers. You're not just the one that recovers, you're the one that restores. We trust you, Lord. There we are, saving Father, I thank you that I can trust you with all of my heart. Thank you, Father, that I can trust you with all that is within me. Thank you that you work it out for my good. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's just give Jesus some praise. I, uh, come on, let's just give him some praise. Ten seconds. I want to ask just, uh, Mariska, did you come today? Mariska, if you're here, just wave at me. There's a lady that, Mariska, are you here? So not here. If you're watching us online, Mariska, are you here? If you are, um, I just heard the Lord say to me as I was busy praying, maybe you're online, then I just want to say this to you. The Lord said to me, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. God's going to work it out. So if you are listening to this, uh, please receive this. Again, I say the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. God's going to help. Amen. Come on, give Jesus some praise. Come on, tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, this next six months, it's going to be the best six months of my life. Come on, say that again. Say, this next six months, is going to be the best months of my life. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise again. Thank you so much, Empower. I want to ask you before I give over, come tonight, come and enjoy Jesus of us tonight. We're going to go, uh, I want to trust the Lord tonight for a prophetic night. We're just going to enjoy the Spirit of the Lord and we're going to be a, we're going to have an awesome time together. So I'll see you tonight. Say to your neighbor again, this next six months, it's going to be the best six months of my life. Thank you, Empower. Love you very much. Come on, can we just clap for Jesus? Come on, you can do better than that.